Hi, this is Mike Ross, public address announcer for your Toronto Maple Leafs, and this is the Leafs Late Night Podcast, your post-game destination. And now, your starting lineup, Roscoe, the Fanalist, Southey, Beaner, and Darty Brodeur on the Leafs Late Night Podcast. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to Leafs Late Night. I'm your host, Roscoe, joined by Steph the Fanalist. And the elusive, but finally returning, Sadi after his bout with COVID and some work and all kinds of other things. Good to have you back. So nice to be back. Yeah, welcome back. Missed <laughs> you, bud. It's well, it's been, been quite, the, quite the three weeks here. No kidding. Feeling better, though? Feeling better now, yes. Good. I'm uh, over the worst of it. Glad to hear it. So... Leafs late night presented by Inside the Rink, where it's never too late for the Leafs. So Leafs fall in OT to the Vegas Golden Knights. But if you told me that uh, after the skid in the uh, West Coast road trip the Leafs had, that they would come out of playing Boston, Carolina, and Vegas in four days and have five points, I would say you're crazy. So you know what? They made a couple mistakes tonight. There were some turnovers, but overall, I'll take it. I'll take the point. It was a back and forth game. Uh, I think Vegas ultimately deserved the win, but I'll take the point, especially after the back to back wins on the weekend. Johnny, you want to call us crazy, but we actually predicted this happening. If you don't recall, we said that the Leafs would come out with two uh, wins against Carolina and Boston, and then uh, one point away from Vegas in OT. Did we, we actually say exactly that? Yes, we had this discussion. Insane. So, of course, we were hoping for the second point tonight. But honestly, five out of six points against these juggernaut teams thus far in the season. You cannot complain whatsoever. I mean, the Leafs clearly have turned to page. They look like they're regular old self with some, you know, a trend still sticking around, kind of like that first goal in the first minute of play. Ooh, like, <laughs> Yeah, I kind of want to agree with O-Dog on this. Um, he called the Leafs out and Keefe specifically for why are you putting out the fourth line against the first line, especially a team against Vegas? Why would you start the fourth line against them? I don't get it. Especially with the team who's like have notorious slow starts this season. They seem to be coming back from every game almost. Um, yeah, it was surprising to see that. And they did it at the beginning of the third period as well. And now that's, unless I'm missing a couple, because last time the Leafs went against Vegas, they had five goals already in the first five minutes of the game. And now this is another one. I don't know how many they've had since then in between, but this is a team that is known for being deadly in the opening minutes of the first period. So why, why knowing that? Would you start the fourth line out there? I don't get that. I'm with Odog, and that's rare. Yeah, I kind of have to agree here. You know, the fourth line has been amazing this whole week, or this whole week, right? Like we've been talking them up so much. Okay. And fun fact, actually, remember last episode I said that Keith had a game time decision, but didn't name a name. It was actually Dennis Malgan who was banged up and then played his best game of the season. Unreal. So, yeah, like I do have to agree with Old Dog Dog, especially when he, he started the fourth line every single period moving on through the game. And I mean, Vegas hasn't lost since they beat us last. 
they were on a seven game winning streak and that started with us so tonight the Leafs had to bring it I mean Vegas is first overall in goals against we've already talked about it the other episode the cheapest goalie tandem with the best stats in the league right now and yeah you know I was kind of disappointed to not see the lines you know dangle upon us from what we saw beforehand but they kept with it yeah. throughout the game um so starting in the first period i believe is when bunts took his rough penalty and i kind of want to go back to something that i wish i was wrong on but before the season started i'm like guys what happens just theoretically if michael bunting is no longer the guy on the first line every night is not clicking with them who do you put there? Because we don't really have a backup. And look what happened. Bunting is, for some reason, no longer clicking with Marner and Matthews. And, mm-hmm. or at least they've they've been trying to find something else for him deeper in the lineup and trying other people on there to see if it works. And, like, I don't think Kerfoot's that guy. I don't know if Robertson is up to it yet. They haven't really tried that out for an extended time for me to have an opinion on it. But, like, I feel like Kerfoot had a lot of looks tonight where... You know, those two guys were setting him up for a lot of chances and he wasn't able to bury them. And it was really frustrating to watch. So I just feel like this is kind of I know the defense and goalie situation are a bit glaring, but uh, now both one and two left wing is kind of like a bit of a question mark right now. And it's annoying. I love Kerfoot. Like I'm probably one of his biggest fans. I think he's very versatile. You can always put him up and down the lineup, but he's not someone who is meant to ride on the first line with Matthews and Marner. He can be there if someone's no. injured or whatever, but he is definitely not a long-term solution because it also opens up another problem. Where do you put him if he's not on the first? He's not an ideal third-line player either. Yeah, and like we, I was kind of mentioning at the beginning, he took a pretty rough penalty. Mm-hmm. It was an interference call early on in the game. And again, like when you give up an early goal, it's not really something that you want to take that early on against a team like, like Vegas. And I'm kind of stumbling over this, but point is, like you said, Bunting doesn't really have a role elsewhere. And the first line needs somebody that's going to dig in the corners and, you know, get those pucks out to them while they're open instead of, you know, it seems like Marner and Matthews were having to dig for the pucks for Kerfoot and then he wasn't able to bury them. And it was like, it's just not how that first line's supposed to work. No, no because Kerfoot, sorry, go ahead, Seth. No, go ahead, Sully. I was going to say, his like inclination is not to be like a puck digger or overall like, offensive player. That's not his natural role. So for him to be thriving on the first line, he has to you know, be playing with someone who's not <clears throat> Matthews. Like He's got to be there in a pinch type of thing. He's not going to be a long-term solution because he can't play that type of game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Honestly, I kind of think Kerfoot's the next guy up. When you look outside the core four and who's been playing their way to stick to this lineup, I mean, Kerfoot will always have a spot, but he's been, he's had a jump to his game on PP2. I mean, we see Robertson getting that chance on second line. So who mm-hmm. realistically, besides Bunting, like Malgin again? I was going to say Malgin, but he usually plays the right side. It would be a bit awkward, mm-hmm. I think, but... Um, why not try it out? I think he's kind of earned it. He's the one that's been, I mean, not just shows like us. I mean, even the broadcast was saying he's been one of the best Leafs over the last couple of games. So yeah. I think he's earned it. 
I think he Keith really enjoys his presence on the fourth or third though, and giving the bottom six a boost, and know. you know, hoping that those guys like Bunting or Kerfoot could give Matthews Marner the spark, right? Like you would think they can make something out of anything or anyone playing by their side, but clearly, I don't know. Like tonight, uh, I was expecting to see a Matthews Nylander switch up again, just like last game, but we saw the JT Matthews and Marner combination, which clicked for a goal, mm-hmm. thankfully. But man, starting that first period, Rasmus Sandin, boy, oh boy, oh boy, mishandling the puck at the blue line, you know. <laughs> Like this puck kind of just stopped underneath Shalgren once the, the the Knights pulled off the shot, but then no one, it's in no man's land and Roy just taps it right in or raw. And yeah, just, ugh, not to, eh, yeah, no words. <laughs> I mean, to finish yeah. our point earlier, was it like kind of a shot at Bunting that he's playing on the third for this just one game, like maybe just to try and get him going? Because I feel like Keith's overall plan is still to have him on the first line. Maybe he was just trying to light a fire under his ass today. Well, this is the second time they've played him down, isn't it? Or maybe third? In consecutive games? Maybe not consecutive games. Okay. I think this is two in a row now that he hasn't been on the first line. Well, Yeah. Yeah, it's opening some real questions then. I kind of agree with that, Sadi, because I believe in the second or third period, Bunting took an interference call because he was really giving it his all and maybe going too quick or, you know, not moving his feet fast enough for the play, getting in the way of the Vegas Golden Knight and, you know, taking a penalty for that. But clearly he's trying. Clearly he wants to work his way back up the lineup, yeah. kind of just like last year. So I guess we just to be to fair, after win. taking that penalty, he did draw one too. So there was he some did. positives yeah. in his game tonight. Yeah, yes. look, I'm not I'm not hating on him. What I'm more trying to spin this as is it's making signing him to a more affordable deal a little easier than if he has another breakout season that's like better than the last where he was in the talks for the Calder. So for sure, you know, I think he can get back to it, but you know, it's just on the last year of his deal. Maybe, maybe just have an okay (laughs) season and then be good again for the next couple. He also has a unique position with the Maple Leafs. I don't think any other team really offers him these type of opportunities to play on the first line, especially with someone like Marner and Matthews. No, exactly. We also said the same exact shit about Jack Campbell at this point in the year <laughs> last year. Like when he had the yeah. little off part of his game or after, sorry, uh, November, maybe end of December there. We're like, oh, maybe he's playing his way out of a hefty contract and the Leafs will finally <laughs> sign him. And then look what happened. Yeah, it went down from seven to five and a half. <laughs> I'm sure Edmonton will sign him for 8.8 next year. Nice. <laughs> They're going to end up, I swear to God, just on Edmonton for a sec, I swear they're going to end up signing so many people to try to surround Connor McDavid with talent that when his contract runs out, they're not going to have enough money to re-sign him. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, he's be old man. <laughs> so, so, okay, let's go on. So the Leafs do respond with a goal not too long after. Uh, the official time of the goal was 5.05, though uh, who could remember because play was stopped for so fucking long after they scored this. So... I don't know if anybody else felt this way, but as soon as that puck hit the line and Riley saved it, now we know it did not cross the line. 
I was like, that went out, and I swear the Leafs are going to score here. And then the puck almost went out, and I was like, oh. And then they kept it in again. And then they scored, and I was like, this is going to be the dumbest offside challenge. It Im- immediately when they scored, I didn't even look at who scored it. I was like, they're challenging this. There's no way. Like, th- that was offside. They're going to challenge this. I hate this league. The fact that that went offside, and we're going to let play go for, like, another 40 seconds before the goal scored, and then we're going to look back at whether that puck crossed the line or not. Like, how stupid is this? And and they called a timeout instead of challenging it. Because they didn't challenge. Exactly. So they they called the timeout to decide whether they're going to challenge it or not. And we heard, apparently, (laughs) in the intermission that they were having audio issues talking to their assistant coach that was watching the video up top. So So the refs gave them a bit of a break there. My hat's kind of off to the ref for giving them, you know, 30 seconds. And apparently at that point, he said, all right, you guys got either challenges or call our timeout. They called the timeout. Probably a veteran move on Cassidy's part, but uh, it's not something you really want to see going forward. Yeah, my hat is tinfoil and questioning Cassidy. Like, what the hell are you doing, bro? Like, I know the Leafs did this to you last game, and it actually reversed the goal. And I don't know if this is like an eye for an eye thing, but this time around, it worked in the Leafs' favor once again. And yeah, I don't know. Maybe giving the guys a rest. They said it's audio, but I I don't know. They even said it in the intermission. <laughs> like... <laughs> Yeah, Duthie was like, okay, audio issues, sure. Like, he didn't even buy it. But what I find frustrating is that, sure, give them a little bit of a break because they're having audio issues, but you shouldn't be able to call a timeout to then extend whether you're going to challenge something or not. Like, there should be Mm -hmm. some parameters around the context of calling timeouts. Like, you can't call it so the coaches can sit there and decide whether they're going to take more time to challenge something because then we're, we're looking at stopping play for, like, up to seven, eight minutes at that point. Like that is insane. And the whole point, I I know this argument's been brought up on other shows, but the whole point of the shootout is so that these games don't go late because of broadcast timing issues and stuff. We cannot have coaches then sitting there taking like literally almost the equivalent of half a period of a game to just sit there looking at a call of whether it was offside or not. If you're going to have refs on the ice, they should be able to make a call. If you're going to have video replay, then watch the replay. It crossed the line. Done. Like tennis. Was it over the line or wasn't it? Like, (laughs) oh, my God. You have to think this is kind of like a Bill Belichick type of move. You can get away with it once. There'll probably be a memo sent out tonight being like, all right, none of this shit going forward. Because you're exactly (laughs) right, Johnny. It's taking up way too much time. Oh, they know damn right what they're doing. Okay? Oh, 100%. They know damn well. And I kind of respect it too. Like, but you, once you do it once, like that's it. You can't pull that card out anymore. No, no. <laughs> oh, here he is. Now we're going to have to back up and explain what we're talking about. Oh. <laughs> I love you, buddy. Hardy, so Dur is here. <laughs> you guys kill me. You kill me. Uh Love you, buddy. What they say, uh, um, wizard, so, a wizard arrives precisely when he means to. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we're just talking about uh, the Lilligren offside delay goal. But uh, really, the most important thing, because we've covered all of it, is that Lilligren scored. And uh, that's good because he gives up the next one, unfortunately. <laughs> mm-hmm. So he, he was a little uh, eye for an eye and then puts an eye again back in. So he ended up 
I guess, pl- plus one eye. Is that how that works? Yeah. <laughs> Why not? He retrieved an eye somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Good on Lily, guys. Good on Lily. You know, third game back into the season, scoring his first goal of the year. Man, it was so nice to see him score tonight. Yeah, especially because um, he, like we said, I mean, the injury and everything has kept him out for a bit. He's missed a lot of uh, of training camp and, you know, the, the start to the season where everyone was finding their footing and he's kind of had to hit the ground running because, you know, everyone else had the slack of those those bad games and we kind of grouped them all together saying no one's playing well. Now he, if he comes in and isn't playing well, <clears throat> which he <clears throat> didn't a bit tonight, him and Sandine, <sighs> unfortunately. They, okay, look, he played well, but... Even he said in his interview was this is probably my worst game. Even though I've scored, scored two goals. I was gonna say he scored two goals. So can he said this is. Can we not have a tangent of Steve Dangle and say uh, if you're (laughs) if you're a defender, defend the goal. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of it, right? I'm in the opposite camp because I think he provides something that no Leaf defenseman does right now. Both his goals, he came shifty off the blue line to the top of the circle and found which way the goalie was going, and he put it on the other side. And there's no other Toronto defensemen who are doing that right now. And if he can do that, that opens up lower ice space for our forwards, and that will make a huge difference going forward. Yeah, as long as everything's solidified on the back end. Like, if you put him with Brody, I think that was a good a good uh, tandem that worked because Brody can cover the back end for him and be defensively responsible while Lilligren does what he's apparently really good at. He will go off leash and he will cause some two-on-ones going the other way, but <laughs> man, he provides something else that no one else does right now. Who's Cat? Sorry. <laughs> that's that's Oscar. I'm sorry. sorry. <laughs> Not Oscar Limbaugh, oh, but... <laughs> A much, um, shitty, a much I agree with you. version. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I agree with you, Sully. Man, uh, you got to keep Brody with Hall, though, right now. I think Brody and Hall pairing are doing really well. And why break that up? Um, because it makes a better player in Lilligren better than de- insulating one that should just not be in the lineup in Hall. Like, really, the... You want to better the development of Timothy Lilligren over making sure Hall doesn't make too many mistakes, like for in the long run. Really, is that not what you it is? What you kind and of like want from a veteran like TJ Brody, right at the bottom of the league with defensive points. So you, we need that back end like point scoring. It's simple as that. Yeah, stick Hall with Giordano on the a bottom pair and move Lilligren up with Brody. Like or put Metti in the lineup and rotate him and Hall. Like figure something out. But yeah. Yeah, and didn't they just activate Jordy Ben off of uh, injury too? So I think we're we're coming to a point where we're going to start seeing people switching in and out. And I hope, oh my God, I know I'm not going to rag on the guy; he's had good games, but I just yes. I hope it it brings some changes to how the defensive pairs look because honestly, they weren't great tonight. I'm not saying the offense uh, is completely free of responsibility for a bunch of these turnovers tonight, but uh, the defense did not look good, especially with like the amount of two on ones that Shogren had to face tonight. Well, you've got him in net. Like we were talking, you got to, you got to really protect this guy because he's not ready to take on, you know, this many, it, it wasn't the amount of shots because Vegas didn't really get that many. It was the quality shots they were giving up. Like yeah. they were, it was all breakaways, two on ones, odd man rushes. Like it was, just, it wasn't good slot shots. Like 
They Lin- were really mm. letting Shalgren, uh, you know, I mean, God, he made some good saves tonight, but I completely agree. Like I'm usually one of his biggest attractors, but he was the reason they were in this game tonight. But that being said, I feel he is the type of goalie that you have to insulate and game plan for. Like you need to be sound defensively and the mistakes they were making tonight are usually going to end up costing him a regulation loss. Yeah, but uh, yeah. some beautiful goals tonight are the reason that the Leafs were able to send this one to overtime. Oh my God. I'm going to, okay, what was the second one? Because I can only think of Lily's. Mitch was it Mitch Marner? Marner. Marner's right. Marner. Oh, Marner. Da- oh, that dangle was disgusting. So, he even had to dangle his own teammate. He had to get around <laughs> Tavares' feet. Oh, Steph, take this one. You've probably got a better breakdown. I'm just going off of what I saw. Marner, honestly, there was a little scrum along the walls, and he managed to dangle the puck out of that, dragging it through three other players and just top glove and in. Uh, It was so quick. Honestly, I wasn't sure if he was going to pass it, but I'm so glad he did not because he remembers that he can shoot, right? This guy has a shot as well. He's been working on it for the last couple years. Like, come on, finally take the shot. And it worked. Top cheese, baby. So that was so nice to see the magicians. Every goal that was scored against Thompson, there was a theme. He would be going one way and the Leafs shot the other way. So I'm not sure if that was in the scouting report or not, but... They definitely use that to their advantage tonight. And Marner, his wrist shot was like a prime time example of that. Yeah. Uh, Logan Thompson, though, man, the amount of uh, the amount of goals the Leafs should have had. Do, does anyone have the expected goals for for the Leafs tonight? Because no. uh, I know Beaner usually has that open. He's not with us. But um, my God, Logan Thompson is unreal for... Uh, like 800k or 750 or whatever it is they're paying this guy it's i think it's like 766 or something for the next three years oh yeah his uh, tracking leaves a bit to be desired but other than that like he was really good in there he's got the best stats in the league right now it's crazy yeah uh vegas are doing very well with brassois coming up as well and Mm -hmm. leonard on the bench so they're set in my opinion picking up aiden hill that was a little bit of a gamble because i his stats haven't been the greatest in the recent years but honestly it's worked out for vegas so this was one of those teams we just didn't have any expectations would be on the top of the charts right now i did i did you did (laughs) you did (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I mean, it helps that Jack Eichel has recovered from, you know, his surgery and everything completely, and he's just back on his game and on well, the uh, middle finger to Boston Redem- or Buffalo Redemption Tour. What's that, Dirty? Mm-hmm. Well, so a lot of people thought he was washed up, like not old, but like just that he, you know, because all we've seen from him is, was his time in the Sabres, right? And so just people thought he was kind of bad news, kind of like Evander Kane, right? And, uh, or even Eric Carlson. <laughs> but it's clear that sometimes a change of scenery or, you know, change of mindset can, uh, or, or really good surgery can, uh, can bring back uh, the spark that uh, people originally saw in you. Right. And uh, kind of sucks that uh, we're, uh, <laughs> it had to be against the Leafs, but Hey man, like good, you know, it didn't, did not seem like it was going to be a huge bust for Vegas with Jack Eichel. Right. So this, if anything, like I'm not out here trying to praise the Vegas golden Knights since they, you know, they, they dug their own grave, but hey, there's a there's some <laughs> light at the end of the tunnel for this this completely leveraged team. You know, 
this this off season seemed like it was going to be really brutal. We didn't we didn't ex- who expected them to be you know winning this many games, right? There was just so much unknown about his surgery afterwards because he's one of the first ones to ever do it. And like they said in the intermission, this guy is pain free now. He's playing like he was a player early in his career in Buffalo. So uh, yeah, I think you know forty goals. This guy's the limits for this guy again. Yeah, well, there's no limit against Toronto because he has 14 <laughs> in the last 14 against the Leafs. It doesn't matter the scenery. Games. Yes, Unreal. exactly. It doesn't matter wh- which jersey this guy wears. It's been three years since he's been in the building. Uh, <laughs> he scores a goal against the Leafs, so we knew it was coming. Whoever bet on Jack Eichel tonight, congratulations. That was an easy win. <laughs> Okay, so um, that takes us to. Is this not oh, what's like, that? What's up, Is this Darden? not a little off-putting that on the one episode that uh, that Tim, uh, Timothy Lilligren goes out and gets two goals, that Beaner is nowhere to be found? <laughs> <laughs> right? Is he? He must be like on his way to Toronto to try to get a signature from him on the way to the building or something. It's the only explanation. He's getting this. He's getting the stat yeah, sheet from uh, Mike Ross right now. He's probably begging for it. <laughs> <laughs> that's gotta be it we also never bring so, up the deserve to win meter by the way and just so you know because Bean's not here the deserve to win meter the Leafs deserved it 51.2% to win this game and you said something about expected goals because I know Bean would be stealing this from the same website I'll tell you even though this is meaningless to me that the expected goals for the Leafs were 3.38 okay just in case anybody wanted to know <laughs> okay what was it for Vegas? Uh, 2.69. Nice. Ooh. Yeah, see, that that kind of tracks with the fact that Lilligren and Sandine kind of both unfortunately uh, coughed it up for a goal, and then the Leafs had so many chances on uh, on Thompson there. So I don't know. That tracks, I guess. But I, I think as far as deserving to win, like numbers aside, I think Vegas, especially in the last 10 minutes of the third period, just completely impaled the Leafs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, compared to last game where the shots were so lopsided, the Leafs kept up, or sorry, led the game in shots. Uh, at the end, it was 31 to 20. But man, Lilligren, you know, huge mistake turning over a goal. The guys, uh, and then the guy scores again to say sorry to all of Leafs Nation and just say, you know, I'm this is my worst game ever, guys. But don't worry, I got y'all. Here's another goal. Okay, but really the star of this goal is Mitch Marner because that pass, it was the only way I can describe it as having pass assist on 100% on Chell because he looked like he was going to shoot it and then just like kept sweeping it around and passed it through like Riley who was faking skating to the net and it goes right to Lilligren who shoots it behind Riley's back. Like there's no way Lilligren knew this pass was coming to him. In a million years. He must years. have like, been yelling out at Marner because there's no way that Marner saw this fucking guy coming. That was like a wraparound pass right in the slot, tape to tape. And again, um, Lily caught the goalie going left. He shot right. Same thing as the first period. Beautiful. No, actually, you're right. It makes more sense that Marner didn't know he was there and Lily called for it because holy shit. And his adjustment there to just be like, okay, I'm going to trust that you're going to take this pass because I'm not going to look at you. Like... Yeah, it, it could have looked like a really, really bad play, but coming from Mitch Marner, who, yeah, super impressive. Yeah. Oh, my Guys, God, that goal was beautiful. Second defender on the team to score this year. Who's the other guy? Justin Hall. 
Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, Lily's the only second defender. I'm kind of shocked hearing that as well, right? Because our D's been, been all right so far. Like, eh, like He kind of reminds me of like what Riley used to do. He was always pinching in the plays and doing those one-timers from the top of the circle. And that's, you know, something we need to see from him. But if Lily's going to be holding up that ground, then saddle up someone who can play some D beside him. Yeah. yeah so that puts it at three to two unfortunately though uh leafs aren't able to hold this one and uh they give up the tying goal so staff what happened yeah amadio hold on punting so toronto goes on the power play we're all thinking honestly like this is our chance to go up four two nope just kidding Riley Smith cups literally the Leafs get caught. Nylander takes a spill at the Leafs blue line, leading to Carlson and Smith two on one. And Riley's dive doesn't save anything. Uh, you know, Shalgren, baby goalie here. He's he's been great. He's been great the last you know a uh, couple games. But man, one on one, no chance. No, yeah, it's like they said on the broadcast. It was just unfortunate for Willie that he kind of had it because if he hadn't touched it at all it would have just shot right down to the leaf's end but he basically stopped it and had it just roll to center ice right for the, the uh, golden knights yeah you can tell he tried to just keep it in the blue line but the way he deflected it went to the opposite blue line which what was that player doing there weren't they on the penalty kill still <laughs> yeah it I, was I, like I he was cherry picking at the other blue line <laughs> Yeah, I mean, when you're down 3-2, I guess like yeah. that's kind of what you got to do in the third, but that's pretty risky. That's an aggressive play. Like, I was so shocked to see that guy standing there, and then obviously the beautiful 2-on-1, Shalgren didn't have much of a chance, but yeah. Yeah, so, um, and then like I said, the last probably eight, I'm going to say eight to ten minutes of the third period, it was all Golden Knights. They were controlling the Leafs in their end, and... Uh, Luckily, they were able to keep it out and not give up a 4-3 goal and keep it to go into overtime. But, man, they had a couple chances on turnovers, but it was, uh, I don't know, man. Like, the Golden Knights are fast. They're aggressive. They're heavy. They're like, Yeah. They're, it's and hard to get, get them out of the zone. What's with the uh, icing calls that weren't even icings? Bro, I have down on my Twitter, there was like three or four of them. Oh, where here, this people- has been the thing. Like yep. Kerfoot was there. Robertson was there. Like yeah. it, it literally they they got the puck. It's like the whistle blew and it's like, what? I have it. Clearly yeah. I won this race. How do you blow <laughs> it down before? Pissed. Oh, I get that they're pissed. trying to be safe because the, you know, the whole point of the no touch icing is so you guys, uh, you don't have guys slamming each other into the corner, but yeah. like when it's a foot race and you're, you know, neck and neck before you get to the goalie, you can't blow that down, especially when somebody's clearly got an edge. Like, and when the game's so uh, tight too, like that's got to be at the discretion of the ref. They're just, you know, taking the easy way out at this point. Yeah, and I noticed more than a few times there was the little ticker that came up showing how long people had been on the ice. Like mm-hmm. these calling multiple icings is not good for the safety of players like it's not good to have guys out there for like a minute 45 to 215 which i was seeing more than a couple times like and that was that was what resulted in the leaf scoring their third goal was like vegas got caught out there for almost two minutes the guys were dead tired at that point you got to do like a got a skate blade issue or like got time with skates you got to figure out some way to build up <laughs> a couple seconds but yeah you're right johnny it is a 
You can't be doing like one forward. This should fall under yeah, uh, the just old like adage: from... uh, let the kids play, right? Like, especially like I don't know, the refs need to give their head a shake. Oh, this whole season, the refs need to give their head a shake. But uh, you know, you see that happening. Just I don't know, it's all sorts of stupidity right there. Well, yeah, there was there was the one pass that went along the boards. I think it was Brody sent it towards Kerfoot, and it it like hit. It went through Kerfoot, and I think it was Carlson. And uh, went all the way to the other end and they called it icing. And he's like, what? I couldn't get it because the guy tied me up. It went through our feet. Like, how is that icing? That was so stupid. Yeah, totally agree. I mean, tonight, the Leafs controlled the shots on board. They controlled the dot as well. At one point, they were up at like 73% over uh, Vegas. But I don't know. That overtime period was just pathetic in a sense. I mean, Theodore easily split up (laughs) Matthews, Marner, and Riley just to send Riley Smith straight to the net. And 23 seconds in, that's all it fucking took, guys. Yeah, it looked like Riley was going to go for a change, and then he had cement in his skates all of a sudden and got blown past. And yeah, like you said, it was over before he could even start it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for future, I'm going to stop asking for questions. So here's the thing: I ask for questions once the game ends, uh, or sometimes, you know, oh, the game's winding down. There's a minute left. Any questions? While well, people are still active on Twitter, the problem with overtime is once the game ends, people kind of just sign off. So I'm like, hey, you know, it's overtime. I don't know when this is going to end. Any questions for tonight? The last three times I've done that, the Leafs have lost like immediately as I hit send on the tweet. So I'm going to stop over doing that. Over. Yeah. You're jinxing us. I know. So that kind of leads me into a question that we missed last week, but I think (laughs) this sets it up perfectly. Hey, everyone. Congratulations on a 3-1 victory. I wanted to ask you guys if there was any post-game win routines that you follow or do or any kind of like superstitions you have after we win a game. And go Leafs, go! So that was from Luke Mann, our day one. And um, obviously that was from the last game in Carolina where the Leafs won three to one. It was not and from Luke Mann. It's actually from I just Lucas Haynesworth. Kind of... Luke Mann is a wanted criminal on Twitter, so we don't associate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Two completely different people. Right? for <laughs> life. Before Elon Musk's time. <laughs> yeah, Elon, free, free Luke Mann. Let's get that account back. Um, so I'm going to start with you, Sethi. We can do, because the Leafs, obviously, you know, the question was for when they win. Um, and I just mentioned a superstition I have for losing now. Do you have any win or loss superstitions? I do. Um, being a person who has a little bit of OCD, I had to take off my jersey. I tap the crest three times, fold it three times, and put it in a special spot if they win. If they lose, oh. I don't touch it, and I leave it for the next game. Oh, you're like serious. Oh, you have no that's, idea. That's legit. Growing up playing hockey, like I had to dress exact same way for 15 years. That is. I forgot legit. you're a junior B player and oh. you're for realsies. Well, I didn't forget, but like, I mean, you're legit. You're not like just a house league guy. So of course you have superstitions, right? Like I can only imagine like what the team was like. And did you have any meals or something beforehand that you must eat or snacks or I don't know? Um, yeah, just baked chicken all the time. Nice. Chicken and rice. Chicken and rice. But, uh, yeah, for the post game, always the same thing. Tap three times, fold three times, put it in the safe spot, the win spot. 
Steph, what about you? Any uh, any win loss superstitions? Um, when they lose, I cry. When they win, I cry. <laughs> Uh, there's no in between. I'm like between three and a seven. Uh, you got to keep me there or else I'm crying. So we literally so, lost you for like five episodes after the playoffs. So <laughs> like, like five months. I know. Um, no, oh, yeah, I'm, true. It was longer than five. <laughs> right. Um, I don't have like a routine. I mean, I during the game, I like to have a drink, but a win or lose thing like uh, this is my thing, like coming here after the game and discussing it if I'm able to emotionally. <laughs> so I don't know. That's that's it for me. Darty, what about you? Win or lose? What's something that uh, you got to do? You're muted. I muted. Geez, sorry. <laughs> Technical difficulties, all right? But uh, I had a funny thing to say, but now now the time's up, so it's already gone. But what I was going to say, without the crazy accent, was uh, drop a celebratory deuce. Regardless, <laughs> regardless <laughs> of win or lose, you still got to go do that bathroom break, all right? First thing, first things first. But then second, if the team wins, get a good sleep. <laughs> yeah, have good dreams. But... Anybody else here ever do um, even study? It it comes through all all sorts of sports. I know it's pretty popular in baseball, but when you know the team's on the edge and it's there's a chance you know you either need them to come back or they're you know tied and you want them to win, but it's a tight game. You ever do like the rally cap where you uh, wear your hat inside out, like you flip it inside out and then uh, you know wear it on your head. It's called a rally cap. A lot of a lot of people in baseball do it. I do it for the Leafs too. I've done it a few times, and every time it hasn't worked for me. So I think after like three or four times, I just abandoned it for life. <laughs> nice. Same with the Twitter okay. questions. I will never do it again. <laughs> Sorry, folks. Um, for me, I would say that like whenever the Leafs win, I tend to spend more time on Twitter after the game, like reading through things. Whenever they lose, I'm like, and let's just get this episode over with because I don't want to hang around on this. So that that's kind of it for me. I'm I'm not superstitious. I'm a little stitious. Yeah, I gotta say, like, I can, I'm, I can be cocky when it comes to fantasy and stuff. But when it comes to the Leafs, I try and know my limits because if I talk out of my ass too much, I have this inner feeling like, no, stuff, you just jinxed it. Like, why did you say that? Now you jinxed it for everyone, and they're definitely not gonna get a point before overtime. No, why did you just do that? Like, I don't know. I have this inner demon and in, running inside my brain that's like, if I do certain things or don't do certain things it's going to be a certain outcome as weird as that that is i don't it's not weird at all i mean fantasy wise i tend to bench leaf players if i think like you know if i play them they're gonna have a bad game and if i bench them they might have a good game and the leafs will win if that makes sense i have this thing with betting too whenever i put a big bet on something they lose if i put like a one dollar two dollar bet they win so i'm like damn no leaves uh i just overthink it too much no fair enough um we're gonna finish off some questions here then we're gonna play a a little belief or disbelief because i have some of those nice Mm. so this one's from imfn uh at imfm 90 at what point do the leaves panic about the back end d and or goalie uh i think like we kind of mentioned last time i think 
the positive is that the injuries are starting to come to an end. Um, I think the the danger period where it was like, if anyone goes down, we're screwed was kind of like two weeks ago. Now that it's, it's getting to, um, you know, a, um, Samsonov's, uh, injury doesn't seem as bad as it could be. And Murray's also starting to come back. And like we said, Jordy Ben was activated. Muzzin's still a question mark. And I think that's, that's probably the one you got to address is having mm-hmm. another, um, big responsible person on D even though you have mm-hmm. the depth, I think there's still the the talent on the top end is lacking. If we're just talking about this game, um, I don't know, the third period, guys, like once Marner flicked that puck over the glass, just sending that high airmail out, I'm just like, oh, yeah. But then the Toronto Maple Leafs came back on their own power play, and I had high hopes because, you know, like the PP's been clicking lately, but then it was the shorthanded goal, and that's when... I had doubts and maybe the Leafs had doubts because they may have had this, you know, really good feeling coming back off being down on on the PK and then on the PP and then the shorthanded goal, ah, just panic. It all blew up. And I think that was the point in the game for me anyway. I think like bigger picture for the whole year, a team that's sitting second in the Atlantic division right now with 17 points, they're a trade deadline team. They're going to wait and see what happens with Samsonov and Murray as they haven't even really played together too much this year with all the injuries. Um, they got Mete, they've got Ben, they've got Hall in rotational defense. I think they're going to see how that plays out. And, um, you know, as long as they don't go on a really big slide, I think this team is going to ride it out until the deadline and then they'll make the moves accordingly. Yeah, I got to agree. Um, Darty, anything you think uh, they got to address here? think they're going to panic? I don't know. You know, there's a lot I could say, but I feel like knowing what Dynamite Dubis and uh, Sterling Sheldon Keefe, uh, <laughs> they'll likely not do anything. You know, I feel like it doesn't seem like these guys uh, rush to any conclusions or uh, do anything drastic. So, hmm. no, I, I, what do you want, right? It's not, this is not like the best result. Obviously, it would be nice for a win, but uh, I, I still. I still feel optimism going forward these next couple of games. I think these, these Leafs can uh, shake off, you know, dirt off their shoulder, you know, water off a, water off a Leafs back. We'll see where, they, where they're at uh, next week. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, like we said, we wanted to see effort for the next couple of games, and that's what we've seen. So if they keep this up, they got Friday against uh, Vancouver. I don't think mm-hmm. there's anything between there, is there? No. No, no? so they got... So they got a couple of days off and then they get to play a really, really mediocre team that blows leads like it's their day job. So um, <laughs> next we spoken question. About, uh, uh, oh, you're on questions. Go finish. Sorry. Oh, um, no, go ahead. Just because it's still on my mind and Sadi brought it up too in the group chat. Uh, did we bring up what happened with Evander Kane uh, in today's game? Because like, that's pretty horrifying. Ooh, no, we did not. So, yeah, um, bit of a trigger warning. It's kind of gruesome. If you were actively avoiding this, you can skip ahead a minute or so. Um, Evander Kane uh, was down on the ice and Patrick Maroon kind of tried to get over him, I guess, or tried to avoid colliding with him and lifted his skate up. But the timing of it was just so bad that he actually skated over Evander Kane's wrist and uh, 
yeah, lots of blood. He ran yelling for help. Paramedics got to him uh, as he was going down the hallway to the dressing room. But the last update is that he is okay. He's yeah. in hospital and he will need surgery. So this is this is a serious um, serious injury, and just really glad that he's okay. Um, mm-hmm. That's scary as shit. Like the amount of blood that was anytime there was blood on the ice in an NHL game, it's you know, and it's not from somebody's face, like unless it's from a skate. I don't know. Any injury mm-hmm. involving a skate is scary. Yeah. They're, yeah, they're getting around with knives on their feet. Like the potential for injury is there. It just very rarely happens. Hats off like to the first uh, responders in the arena because I think they did a great job. Obviously, it could be a life-saving thing that they do there. Um, once you see an injury like that, all gamesmanship goes out the window. Everyone just wanted to make sure he was okay. Like you can see on the Edmonton bench, like the players look pretty. They were worried as shit about this guy. And it doesn't yeah, matter who it is. Horrifying. That was a gruesome injury and you know, hopefully he's the best. Like these guys get their skates sharpened between every period. It is bound to happen, but it is incredibly scary when it happens. So, you know, all the best to Kane. Yeah. Uh, the video is out there already. Uh, I think I already shared it on our Instagram story. Honestly, it, you have to really stare at it to see when it happens because Kane is kind of pushing with another oiler and goes down and my eyes are focused on that other oiler player because I'm expecting a stomp or like some sort of slice, but it's actually Patrick Maroon just gliding by and slightly lifts his foot and catches an edge on the inner part of um, Kane's forearm. (sighs) where the exposed part of the skin is between his glove and pad. So immediately, just pool of blood kind of remind me of the incident where the goalie got the got sliced in the neck, right? Like, the, it was bad and just the horror of, yeah, screaming, help, 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 like running to the back room. Yeah, I think he's in emergency surgery right now. So we're just still waiting on news to see how he is, but he's stable and that's good news. Yeah, dirty. <clears throat> so I had to make sure I kept my my mic muted, not just for the um, the reverberation that was going on, but my dog keeps picking up the noisiest toys <laughs> during this very serious discussion. But the one thing that uh, I wanted give to it give up, a, Skippy, <laughs> I want to give a huge shout out to uh, at Sandman Snipes. He brought up a really good point that uh, the Evander Kane issue. The Vander Kane injury should really bring to light an issue in the NHL that arenas like Winnipeg, where the away team doesn't have immediate access to locker rooms and medical from the bench, must change. Because if that injury happens there, it could be a much different outcome. That's a thing. I did see that. Sorry, go ahead. I would. I didn't. I was just going to say that. I saw that as well. Um, somebody had a point there. The- uh, no, I'm just saying. Like, I had no idea that was an actual thing. Yeah, like Winnipeg is weird in the the sense that you don't have like the, the what is it the tunnel isn't actually attached to where the locker room is for the away team or something insane. Wow. Did you guys see um it happened I think in Europe where there was a nasty nasty injury on ice and for some reason all of the players had to take a knee and let the time run out on the clock or else the game like to, for the game to stop or get canceled. I don't know. There was something like the game couldn't get canceled. And I'm just looking on my phone really quickly to see if I could find it. But 
it was so sad because the guy was laying on the ice and had an injury, but they wouldn't stop the game. I don't know the details. So, like, they couldn't officially call a game unless at the time ran out? Yeah, yeah. And everyone was like, what the hell? Like, what does it take sort of thing? Jeez. That's, uh, yeah, gotta look at that. So, so, there's some moments in life where you kind of just, like, you know, break the fourth wall, right? Get, you know, there's 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 rules, but at the end of the day, like, it's... It's not, I said, it's not like uh, it's, it's not like the the law, right? It's a game, okay. And if someone's life is in jeopardy, or or you need to to stop something, like I understand how, yeah. why because people could take advantage of this. But this, was this not a youth game you were saying too? Like I don't know. It's just you get all sorts of bad mojo if you. I think if, it was. If that's the reason why <laughs> you go for it, Sally. Like at that point, it's all hands on deck. Like trainers from both teams, doctors from both teams. It's it's not about who's winning or losing this game. It's about helping this player who's incredibly hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And my final uh, point on just this, just because Roscoe, I do want to just, bef- okay, just go ahead. before, yeah, I'm sorry. Is that uh, um, obviously Evander Kane is a guy that we, uh, you know, I've roasted a few times. He's got his own skeletons in the closet. Like he's not, he, he's not the squeaky clean NHLer. You know, say uh, say like. Uh, I can't even think of some, but like, <laughs> even Sidney Crosby's a bad boy these days. <laughs> but like, I, I just just want to you know say that yeah, the guy besides what goes on in his life, like that's a horrifying injury. And at least from myself personally, I'm sure we all we want him to get better and back on the ice. And you know, he's been kicking ass out there, so you know we're rooting for you, bud. And speaking of which, Jack Campbell finally got a W tonight, so <laughs> some good news out there. Good for him. Uh, so that actually leads into Mike the Fanatics question. We need a goalie. The question is who? Not Jack Campbell, uh, as I've seen a article floating around that was like, what would the Leafs have to trade to get Jack Campbell back? I'm like, what are you talking about? Don't do this. <laughs> There's all these articles about, you know, goalies the Leafs could go for. And then I see one goalies the Leafs shouldn't go for. It. Guys, we have them. They're coming back in a week or two. Like, it's going to be fine. Welcome to Leafs Nation. That's such a ridiculous thing to say. Like we haven't even seen these two goaltenders play together for more than like a week or so. Um, no. We're in the second month of the season. Let's give these guys a chance, right? And I don't even think you can trade for Jack Campbell because we just lost him in free agency. I think there's like an <laughs> interim period where you can't bring back a team. I mean, a player, sorry. Yeah, and also they left on bad terms between him yeah. and his agent. Like they were not happy with what Dubas yeah. and company were offering. Stop the Jack Campbell talk. It, we just over. love our ex-girlfriends here, yeah. you know, because I keep hearing James Reimer's name too, you know. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, yeah. We saw what happened with Freddie, man. It's exactly what we expect. Anytime you see their numbers, it's like, yeah, but remember his numbers were good here too. And then it's those games where it's like, what happened? Exactly. That's why they're not yeah. here anymore. Nazim Kadri. Let's got suspended give, again. Like, what happened? Exactly that. Guys on the roster a chance to prove what they were brought here to prove. Let's give them more than one week. Yeah. Jack had a good stint with us, I admit. And then he went downhill. Obviously, miss you, Jack. But I want you to succeed. But, you know, the last eight starts, he's letting in on average 4.21 goals and has an 874 to start the season. I feel bad for the guy, right? But the the Oilers defense as well is not the greatest, but you would think the offense would balance that out. But hey, it doesn't always do that. So uh, I wish him the best. And I don't that's feel all. bad for that's the guy it. at all. The guy was a career AHLer and background uh, backup goalie until he came to Toronto and we gave him a chance and he shined. And then he didn't shine for a while. 
and at least management thought it wasn't the best fit. So he got paid. Now he's playing with Edmonton, and that's the end of the story to me. Yeah, that's fair. It is the end, and for now, we have to ride baby goalie Prince Eric here and hope for the best, and Keith has to step up if it's if his number is called on the weekend. You know, yeah. Murray, first full practice with the team tomorrow, so we'll get some reports after that, but... Other than that, uh, we wait for Joseph Wall to heal. We wait for Sammy to heal. And um, fun little fact, actually, uh, Sammy is going to be healing in style because he just bought a Porsche from Oakville Porsche. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This is so random, but I just, you know, Leafs Media, they'll write about anything, right? There was a whole fucking article on Sammy buying a Porsche. (laughs) That I saw today. So. This team is seven, four, and three. It's not like we're in last place right now, but the sky is not falling, people. Yeah. So last question. Just want to shout out Natasha Champion at Tash Time underscore on Twitter. What the hell happened? Face palm. I know. That overtime was a bit mm-hmm. of a disaster, especially yeah. after they played a decent 60 minutes. Like it was back and forth. There were some mistakes, but enough that you know they could when it gets to overtime it's a whole new game right and if the Leafs are good at anything it's that it's overtime usually so what the hell happened I don't know they blew it yeah well Natasha if you've been listening to our last couple episodes we called this shit unfortunately (laughs) of course we wanted the win but I just had a bad feeling about losing an OT tonight against Vegas and you know, I'm just glad the Leafs were toe-to-toe with them. They they weren't embarrassed whatsoever on the ice. I mean, good night for Timothy Lilligren. Uh, good night for the first line as well. They had some really good shifts and finally scoring a five-on-five five goal. So, good things ahead. Good things are ahead. All right. Belief or disbelief. We good? I'm going to play? We're good. I don't believe it. I don't. I don't believe it. All right. It's been a while, but belief or disbelief? I'm going to give you guys a hot take here, and you're going to tell me whether you believe it or disbelief it. Uh, First one up is appropriate for tonight. Belief or disbelief? Timothy Lilligren will overtake Rasmus Sandin as the higher defensive prospect on the Leafs. Hmm. Steph, you want to start one. it? Uh, I honestly believe it. I believe it. The Leafs clearly trusted Lily for I mean he they were offered the same contract, but I kind of think Sandine's a little overhyped for, for what he brings to the team. And I think Lily's been solid like he's not afraid to shoot i mean sandine does lead the team top three in hits but too many little mistakes and tonight lily really you know made up for it and i'll give it to him okay the thing that i'll say is the the excuse that we gave to sandine was that because of the holdout you know he missed some training camp and stuff and needed to find his footing but like we just earlier said about lily 
he because of an injury missed the same, but that's harder to come back from than uh, holding out for money. Sorry, bud. Right. But mm-hmm. uh, Lily's hit the ground running and and showed you know a couple mistakes, but he's been been really showing improvement over last year. Whereas Sandine was better last year and has taken a bit of a step back. Sadi, what do you think? Belief or disbelief? Um, yeah, I'm going to have to go with uh, what you guys both said. I think Sandine brings a little more... Oh, not Sandine, sorry. Lily brings a little more upside, um, as shown by his two goals tonight. He's crafty when he comes in off the blue line. He knows how to find those open holes. And none of the Leafs defensemen are really doing right now. So if he can provide that presence and open up the ice for the forwards, I think he's going to be way more valuable than Sandine is. And and I like Sandine too, but he his all-around game right now is just mediocre at best, maybe. Like he's not doing one thing great. He's not doing one thing terrible, but um yeah, my trust is with Lily. Darty, what do you think? Belief or disbelief? I'm gonna say uh next slide, because there's nothing I can add that would be any better or worse than uh, what Sully <laughs> and Steph said, all right? All right, all right. Um, so, belief or disbelief? Dennis Mulgan will overtake Nick Robertson as far as offensive positioning and points and ice time go this season. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Sadie, you want to start it? Sadie is frozen. Darty, you want to start it? So uh, the question was, uh, just because I got distracted there with uh, Frozen, it was uh, Mulligan's going to overtake Robertson? Yeah. Oh, uh, there's a really good chance. I actually, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to lean towards the belief on this one just because uh, every every time we try to put this guy, you know, try to put this guy down or, you know, we try to disbelief in Dennis Mulligan, he kind of shows us that, uh, you know, there's there's some hope that this guy's it's actually as as good as we uh, <laughs> I don't know like I, f- I feel like it's it's always a it's always a hit, hit or miss with Mulligan right but then every time you underestimate him he, he comes back and shows us how how much of a little bastard he is so I'm gonna say I'm gonna belief on this one I, I think there's a really solid chance that uh, but also too I believe because I think that Robertson's gonna, gonna be trade bait I don't know I know a lot of people are gonna roast oh. me for that one but I, I truly believe that Robertson's gonna be trade bait and in which case. You know, the answer is yeah, belief anyways, because I'm all gonna stay in, right? So Hey, I don't hate that take. Savvy, you wanna go for it? Oh, the strongest disbelief. I think uh Nicky Bobby's got huge, huge upside, and by the end of the season he's gonna be a number one or two line player for this team. I think Maligan is a good player. I think he's got a lot of heart. He works really, really hard, and he's earned a spot and he's earned the chance he's given on this team. But I think Nick Robertson, his skill just obliterates whatever Malgan can do. And once he starts figuring it out on this team and with his confidence, it, I don't even think it's going to be very close. If you are noticing a trend here, I'm trying to play on recency bias to see if you guys will go for the person who has been playing well recently or the one who's got the higher upside overall. Steph, you want to go for it? Hmm. This is really tough because they've been kind of juggling the same spot, even though Robertson has been in that line two position recently. 
my heart says Malgan, but the Leafs nation bias and the management, I think will always pick Robertson just because they've had more of a investment in him. And I don't know, people are really crazy about Robertson, even though he's had an extended, extended chance, but Malgan's been showing out with less time. And to me, he's hungrier and plays like a hound. Um, not knocking Robertson though. Honestly, I think he's improved dramatically. I love his shot. Maybe he just hasn't had his opportunity this game. Last game, he had a good chance, but it's not consistent for me. Like Robertson's not consistent enough for me and Malgin's showing that more. So, uh, I'll stick with Robertson just because I know, I don't know. (laughs) Like I just said. Okay. I'm I'm not knocking Robertson in any way. I think he's got tons of upside, but I got to go with Darty on this one. I think wow. just because of what the Leafs need from somebody on that second line, Robertson could be that, but I think with what Malgan's been showing, he's hardworking and it's he's a pain in the ass. And that's something that I think Keefe is going to give more ice time to in the long run over Robertson. And if he can take advantage of it, I think Malgan could be, uh, you know, 15, 20 goal scorer at the end of the year, like uh, like Mikheyev and um, I don't know who else, Kasha that we lost, so like around that 20 goal mark. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing is, I think Robertson, like Darty said, could be moved because, look, the Leafs have a ton of this cap space. Buzzin, I'm just going to throw it out there, is probably not going to play again. And so belief or disbelief, do you think the Leafs are going to make a move to bring in a defender to replace Jake Muzzin? Or are they just staying within? So I guess the actual wording of it, belief or disbelief, the Leafs will bring in a defender to replace Jake Muzzin. I think I think they're going to bring someone in to replace Jake Muzzin. I think eventually Jake's, uh, sorry, Jake Muzzin is going to come to the realization that his body is falling apart and he might want a better quality of life going forward. He's kind of at that point of his career. And... <sighs> Like, I love the guy, but that's that's something you can't really trust going forward. So it's going to be a hard decision for Dubis, but I think we are going to take him out one way or another, and he will be replaced. Okay. Steph, what do you think? I think they obviously should find some talent for that price. Um, you know, you're clearing over five mil off the books, but I honestly do not think they're going to do it. I think they're going to stay from within with Jordy Ben, Victor Mete, Carl Dahlstrom when he's um, finally healthy. You know, like, I really don't think they're going to have the balls to fucking just do it. And I want, I want Dubas to do it. Seriously. I want him to just make this massive move and hopefully acquire a, you know, top four defender in Jake Muzzin's place. But mm, he might do it for like that forward spot, especially if the lines can't get clicking enough to their standard. Look, if there's something Leafs Nation has learned, it's whatever you would like Dubas to do. It's probably not what he's going to do. He's going to find something completely off the board to do. You might like it, you might not, but it's not going to be anything you had in mind. Small Darty? little, sorry, go, go ahead. Oh no, go ahead. What, I was going to say small little side point. They're not going to trade him. It's either going to be a mutual thing where he retires, or oh yeah, sense, they're going to keep him. So it's it's one or the other. Yeah, he's going to the island. Uh, Darty, what do you think? I don't know. I had a dream once <laughs> that uh, the Leafs made a big trade with Dallas because we have two of their brothers. All right. 
And I've kind of, even though it makes no sense, I still truly believe that there's a chance that hell, even the Leafs trading for Essa Lindell or fucking Hockenpah or something, it would be nice to get Heiskin in, but I don't know. Dallas is off to a really good start. I would say, what are they eight, eight? How many? I know they won eight. I don't know what the rest of the record is. Hockenpah's so. a Labushkin. No one's trading for this guy though. Like he's one hit away from being out of the league forever. Like what, what are you going to get for him? <laughs> Oh no, he's talking about Darty's talking about trading uh, Ben and Robertson to Dallas Ooh. to be with their their brothers. Sorry, Mister. Um, well, that's a different story. Yeah. So I mean, you've got like he said, Heiskin and Hockenpah and uh, Essel and Dell. I mean, like I don't I mean, unless you're giving me Heiskin, and I don't really care. Like I said, Hockenpah is kind of a Labushkin. He hits people. He like I know him basically just through fantasy as being somebody that gets a bunch of a bunch of hits every game, but isn't really you know a point getter. And I think if you're going to, I get that's, you know, maybe that is what you kind of need in, in a replacement for Jake Muzzin, but I think you can go a bit higher skill than, than somebody like that. Like, I mean, Steph, I know you brought up Connor Murphy in the past. Mm-hmm. Honestly, if Chicago's still looking to sell it. Like they just paid him last summer, that huge deal. Uh, I believe yeah, it was not eight happen. times 8.45. Yeah. It's going till the end of 2029, but that's their guy um, from Dallas. I'm just looking at their roster right now. And I mean, Hockenpah is just like another Jordy Ben to me or Kyle Clifford. Like, well, like I said, Labushkin, he hits people. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, I, which, sure, if that's what we need. Like, I'm not as, as familiar with Dallas, right? We don't see them play that much. I'm not familiar with his, like, you know, game in and game out defensive ability and uh, awareness, but I like honestly, Dubas makes trades with the same people all the time. It's probably going to be, you know, Ottawa, Arizona, Chicago. Who else does he trade LA. with all the time? LA. See Jersey back here. Uh, someone Vegas. who we might have a chance to get actually is uh, Dennis Guryanov. Um, he's on his last year of his deal before he comes a restricted free agent, but he makes two point nine a year and he's no he's a known goal scorer uh, i mean uh, a couple playoffs ago he led the team in points and he's just a, he has a nasty snipe so that could be a possibility but yeah. you need know. somebody right-handed a um right side because you've got i mean defensively you've got geo and you've got brody so you don't really need um. like a a big like defensive-minded person i think honestly what they need is you know somebody to back up if maybe Sandine's in and out of the lineup, like have somebody that's offensive to be with, or I don't know, stick Brody mm-hmm. back with Riley and then have somebody with geo. I don't know. I think there's, there's a way you can go. Cause look, you can say through the regular season, we can make all these guys work. You know, Dahlstrom can come in, Ben can come in, Mete can come in when it comes to the playoffs and you start stacking. Yes. The depth is one thing, but stacking the actual, ability and skill against these teams that they're going to play off against and potentially have to play, you know, a couple of rounds. I, I don't like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's why I said they're a trade deadline team. I don't think they're going to do yeah. anything until then. Yeah. No, that's, yeah. that's fair. Yeah. And we'll see, the there's going to be a name that's going to be at the top of the, the trade deadline day. There's gonna be a top five defenseman and the Leafs are probably going to go after the first one not get it, go after the second one, not get it, and then probably get the third or fourth one on the list because that seems to be how things go. Fair. Yeah. 
Mark my words. Whoever is third or fourth on the trade deadline day list is a defender that Leafs will end up with. It's the Jew effect almost. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. Braden well, Holtby is a <laughs> free agent still. So. <laughs> no, thanks. Yeah. Uh, who would have thunk it? Hey, if you thought about this a couple years ago, Braden Holtby now just no team. No. Uh, quick shout out to uh, Mike the Fanatic for prediction season because, uh, oh my God, he said this was November 1st, so a week ago. I'm going to throw this out there right now. Don't be surprised if the Leafs go 3-1-1 one, and one during this five-game span or even 4-1-0. <laughs> so not only did we call it, Mike did too. So shout out Mike the Fanatic. Go check out his post-game article, which is probably now live Do on it. Inside the Rink. And, and... And March is going to be live by the weekend, I think. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I, as far as that goes, it seems like, I don't know if I mentioned this, but hats will not be available yet because um, they're not great quality and we don't want to sell you guys anything that's not um, decent quality at least. Like, you know, you want to get at least what you're paying for. Like, I don't know. I don't like bad merch. So, um, yeah, inside the rink said to me that they're not great, so we're not going to sell them, but we will have t-shirts and sweaters and mugs that are all great quality. We just need to find a new hat vendor. That's all. Yeah. This is just the beginning. So stay tuned. And if hat vendor for inside the rink is listening right now, I apologize. I'm not dragging you. (laughs) Make better hats. It's nothing personal. Just make better hats. That's all. Okay. Well, we're going to sign off there. If, unless anybody has anything uh, interesting to throw in. We're good. I'm good. Good. Cool. Yeah. We took one point away from the top team in the West, guys. So let's just not get down on ourselves and take yeah. this moving forward. Five out of six on a tough trip. Yeah. We'll take it. And beat the top team in the East. Like, let's go. Yeah. The East, the West. Bring it on. Let's do it. So remember to leave us a review, five stars, you know, all that jazz. And let us know uh, if you what games you want to hear next time or leave, send me something for belief or disbelief, those kinds of things. We want to hear from you. We love it. Thanks for sending all your questions in, too. Always appreciate those. Yes. Good night. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Leafs Late Night, your night of post-game podcast. Available after every game on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, and more. And also follow Marty's Hey, Marty. Known hat lover. <laughs> <laughs>